0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast
1: Network.
2: Just wanted to ask you before the sort of Ardiles era, you kind of mentioned, uh, well, I mean, that first season, the, the, the FA Cup run. Uh, where we obviously went all the way to the semi-final and say lost to the wounds one nil. Before that, there was a it was quite a great performance in the quarter-final at main road that we you played. We won four two. Naeem was also been the show scored a hat trick. One of the and great games. Remember the trouble before during yes and after, after the game and their fans running on running at us do you have any memories of that game because it was
1: cra- crazy have, game. A, um, it, was,
2: it was live on tv it was a crazy yeah. game. I was there. It was I had, incredible
1: i had a i have a lot of memories of that season yeah. um we had um a sticky start to be honest with you when we really started kicking into gear we beat arsenal at the beginning of december paul allen scored we beat arsenal at white art lane here and that was my first London derby, and while I not you talk about living out dreams. Mm. That was, uh, yeah, I, it was like our play. It, it was a massive, massive. I know it's a big game. It's always a big game. It's a big game for the supporters. Now, I don't truly believe that unless you are, you've been in and around it. It's like the Merseyside Derby or the Glasgow Derby. Unless you're actually a fan and you've actually been involved in it, I don't think you really, really know what it really means to the supporters. But we were so up for that game at the beginning of December and we played well that day. And our season from there, really, I mean, we was probably in the bottom five to six. Form had been a bit indifferent. And then we started picking up. After Christmas, you know, the game Sheffield United... We played on a Tuesday night. That game was only played on that Tuesday night before the semi-final so that Neil Ruddock could get his one-game suspension out of the way so that he could play in the semi-final. Mm. And we were there, but we were only there really in body. We weren't there because our mind weren't on it. Mm. We got absolutely hammered on the night. Mm. But no one really cared. We was only had our heads on the Sunday game against Arsenal.
2: And, and the, the, the frustrating thing we played really well against them. Yeah. We played really well. We were today. robbed. And again, we talked in the show last week about certain games, Man City getting done by a set piece and all that. Yeah. Tony Adams came up, didn't he? Not long to, well, really,
1: we, Well, uh, I mean, Terry I mean, Terry wouldn't have been very happy with that because he was so massive on defensive organisation at set pieces. But from where it was, you look back at it, I, I still, like, my boys still watch it now. They actually say to me sometimes, go, flipping out, dad, you, you actually played, didn't like, Yes, yeah, thanks, lads. <laughs> um, but the greatest day of my life, one of the proudest days of my life, but probably the worst day of my life. Um, you know, I, that was uh, that was tough, tough to take, uh, really tough to take. And my record against Arsenal was, was pretty good, to be honest with you, but probably in the biggest, in probably the most important game. You know, we come up short, which was a disappointment.
2: Yeah. You mentioned uh, Aussie coming in, you recuperating, and um, in and out the side, we finished 15th. The 1994 95 season, then, was, we'll all remember, the introduction of Klinsman, Popescu, Dibetrescu. What were they like as, as people, uh, and uh, what were they like around the dressing room to play with? Big characters there? Certainly K-
1: Jurgen. Yeah. Jurgen was, but Jurgen was is probably as humble as a guy as you will ever meet. I mean we used to call him the uh, student. He'd turn up in his jeans and his trainers with his jean jacket on with his, his rucksack his B- on VW his. W- back on his VW <laughs> with a bit of strapping over the where the uh, um, where the radio was. Like the radio had been taken out of it, yeah. But just like it, it he was one of those guys that he got through on goal you turn around and went back you just knew it was a goal you just knew it was a goal and I, you know I, I've played I've been very very fortunate in my career I'm I'm I'm, I'm a, I feel blessed I feel blessed in many many ways but to play with him I mean he scored a goal at home against Sheffield Wednesday It's one of the is one of, and I was right behind it. As he's hit it, he's come over the top of his head and you think, nah, he's not going to hit it. And flipping, he's hit it and it's in the back of the net before you've even blinked. But great guy, humble guy, works really hard in training. Like you'd watch him in training, you'd do crossing and finishing stuff and all that and you'd think flipping out, he's flipping rubbish. Like <laughs> he's trying these little flicks and dinks and... Always trying stuff, trying to improve himself, finding different techniques, like doing different little things. But you got in the game and you just went, nah, see you later, mate, turn back, it's goal. Mm. But, but a great professional. I mean, when, when we was um, the, under Aussie, Aussie wanted to do it a certain way. And I've got to say, for a Tottenham, to be a Tottenham player... And to be a fan, if you see what we did in training, it is we're glory, glory to Hartlepool. And, and this is how we do it: we play this way, and they score four, we're scoring five. Mm-hmm. Don't matter. We, this is how we do it. Um, it was, it was great when it was going well, but when it weren't going well, Jesus Christ! It was yeah. like the Alamo, it was like coming the other way. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Jerry changed all that. Jer- yeah, Jer- yeah. Jerry came in and said, "Team ain't fit enough." Yeah. We used to have this like thing. Obviously, people probably talk about terror Tuesdays. Honestly, on Tuesdays we used to absolutely run our nuts off. It would like box the boxes, but we become one of the fittest teams. Yeah. We become one of the fittest teams out there. Um, but Jurgen didn't bat an eyelid. Could run for fun. Didn't never uh, never, World Cup winner, all the things he had done. Twenty At the time, probably 28, 29 years old. Didn't bat an eyelid every day out on the training field. Never injured. Run up and down. Um,
2: I mean, it was a shame for fans particularly. It didn't work with Aussie. I mean, you mentioned you broke your leg against Oldham. I think you were, you were out in and out of the team. We then went later that season, played at Oldham. I think we had to win. Yeah. to. If we lost, we, we could have gone down. I think we won 2-0 in the end. But, I mean, it was sort of... The highs and lows of
1: yeah, following but, the team. Though. but it was, um, you know, I don't, obviously it was a big celebration after that, after that night, but I don't see the euphoria um, in staying up or doing something like that when you play for a club like Tottenham Hotspur. I'm sorry, like, and, uh, and I can't accept it. We, we, we promised so much, but we don't quite get there. I I do believe that we will, but I think it's very much at the moment with the way things are, pandemic, money, etc. It's a difficult time. I think that we will come again. I definitely think we will come again. There's no way that we can't. The club's set up and ready to go. But it's something that I could accept as a player Mm. for Tottenham Hotspur that we we wouldn't or shouldn't be up there Mm. because we always had great players.
2: We had you, and you mentioned the training changed. We got fitter. There was a big turnaround. There was a great midweek game under the lights, beat the Arsenal. Papescu, yeah, remember, Popescu yeah. ran yeah. on scored a 1 0. Uh, and then the great cut run, uh, the, the extraordinary game. You mentioned the Dell before the Dell Rocket Ronnie coming off the bench with 2 0 down, yeah, being at Southampton 6 2. And then, probably, I think, for. Fans of a certain age, still to me, one of the most iconic games in the last thirty years at Anfield. You mentioned Jurgen before that brilliant win yeah. uh, in the quarter final. Yeah, when we turned them over two one. Yeah, that I mean, that was that was. I mean, that
1: was a. Um, what was that like coming that back was, home after that? I mean, after to be game? fair, when we played Southampton, we played Southampton. We were two nil we down in twenty minutes, so I gave away a penalty. And I'm not thinking, oh Jesus Christ, like. And then Jerry just makes a substitution out. And oh, I think we went, I think he went, he might have done three at the back of that on that day. And I think he might have put Stuart Nevercott on Tizier to man Mark Tizier. Which, to be fair, it's Does, not Sounds it's not like
0: so, a mismatch.
1: But 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 not being funny, it's not something that we do at Tottenham. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. We, we play, like, do yeah. you know what I mean? So, but Jerry then sacrificed that after 25 minutes and brings Ronnie on. Now, Ronnie had the, he had the game of his life on that night because Ronnie, <laughs> half He's the right. time, he couldn't hear a cow, cow's yeah. ass with a banjo, <laughs> yeah. you know? But he had one of them nights. He had one of those really electric winning. nights. But, you know, once, once we got one goal back, you could just, like... We knew in the dressing room, once we got one goal back, and we said this at half-time, we actually said it at half-time, and it was quite calm, to be fair. Jerry was good like that, coming at half-time. But the players, and to be fair... We got big we had we had big characters in the team. You know, Mabsey, you know, Colin Calderwood, Teddy, Jurgen, David House, Darren, Popescu. We had some big characters in there and we just kept we went out second half. We went out second half and we went, first goal wins this. Whoever scores the first goal now wins this game. Mm. Let's fucking make sure it's us. Mm. We we scored the first goal. Once we scored the first goal, we was like we we knew that we were going to win the game um, the anfield game is a is a a, a very very special memory um, very special we had a, memory. You know, I,
2: we had a Terrible record
1: there. Yeah. You know.
2: No, I mean, well, again, we, I, I mean we had, the, again, I, I, I mean, only the
1: game. I didn't play. I didn't play in the first year. It was the end of the season. The last game of my first season, we played lost 6-2. I didn't play. I just, just had the earlier operation. We played there the beginning of the following season under with Aussie and we won 2-1. So my record was all right, let's be fair. Then the following year, we went there. I think we drew in, we might have drew in the league, but then we played the, the FA Cup game. And, uh, we, we weathered the storm yeah. for 20 minutes. Well, I say we weathered the storm. We were still 1-0 down, but we still weathered the storm. We got back to 1-1, and we were the team in the ascendancy. It, it, was, a, it was a special, special day, to be fair. Um, you know, days like that, you don't, you don't really ever forget, because no. they are special days. But from it being, that being one of the... Um, I don't think it's ever took me so long to get over a game as it did the semi-final, well, because we had had you and us too. But but we had a we had a lead-up to that game where we lost three left backs inside ten days. So Sol Campbell got injured, Justin Edinburgh got injured, and then Dave Kerslake got injured. And then with hindsight, because I played left back under Aussie a couple of games, I actually wished that I'd said to Jerry, switch me over. I'll go and play left back rather than put in Nevers there. Yeah, And I don't mean that against Nevers, but I had more experience than what, it, what he did. He was a young kid playing out of position and I'd already played there under Aussie and, and played right and done well. And I, if it, I kind of wished that I had the bollocks to stand up and sacrifice myself for the team because mm. mm. I always would because I wasn't a Klinsman or Sheringham or whatever. Mm. I was always about the team
2: mm.
1: and I'm always about the team now. But I do understand that you can have special players within that team, and you've got to treat them a little bit. Did differently. you think,
2: like most of us fans did, that our name was on the cup that season?
1: I did until that week, and everything went wrong. and And three players went down, so three left backs went down. Darren Anderson had a really bad, a nasty medial knee ligament injury, and I knew we was in trouble because Andy Inchcliffe done one of the work. And like, I don't hold it against him now. He's a nice guy, Andy, but Andy done one of the worst acts on a football field that I've ever seen he went after Darren and he went after his knee because he, he, Darren was strapped up like yeah. and he went for him like yeah. like really karate style really
0: but wasn't there something off the pitch as well with Jerry's not Jerry didn't Jerry have a problem that week or about, probably yeah um, I, but oh, I, got, I just remember us
2: they had three sides of the ground. We yeah. had the bigger. And we were way in, in the one yeah.
1: stand, and yeah. there was the police it was, forces. Underneath. It was. It was. It was one a of
2: those stench of horsemen. It was. Yeah.
1: But it was one of those situations that you turn up to the state like, and everything's not been. It's not been great. The preparation's not been great, yeah. and you turn up and you run out thinking, right, half's going to be them, half's going to be us, and you go out and they got three they got sides, three and quarters, we're in one. night. Yeah. and yeah. you kind of think, mm. right, okay. I've got to be honest with you, Like we'd all done our stuff that leading up to that game. It was a big game for us. Everyone was up for the game. I mean, I've, that's probably as despondent as the dressing room I've ever been in. I come in, I had a brand new pair, pair of boots, I threw them straight in the bin. I never wore them again. Um, it took me... I, I've got to say, I've never been so low after a game for so long. It was only... We played Man City on a Tuesday night after the game in the league and we won the game and we played quite well. It was only then that it kind of got out the system a little bit by getting out on the pitch. But I've got to say it was, um, it's probably, well no it's not probably, it is apart from the day when I left, it's the most disappointing day I've, I think I've ever had yeah. in the Spurship.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sports was sports. it was the early days. Yeah. Sure. The yeah. semi-final yeah. curse. The only we knew what we know now. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, 95, 96 <coughs> Excuse me. We finished ninth
1: um, at the end of, of that Christian, season. By the way, at the end of that season was when I started having major problems. Yeah. So we yeah. played Newcastle two games before the end of the season. Um, at St James's Park, the day before training, I was doing a little bit of work. I was doing a little bit of work on my passing, uh, a little bit of left foot stuff. And I basically clipped a ball and I thought, oh, felt something going in my knee. And I thought, Phew. felt a bit weird. Didn't think anything of it. Went a bit sore. Did what I always did. Go in and get a volta roll, 100 milligrams. Whack that down, take any pain away. Mm. Had my lunch. Got up in the morning and we're flying. We were flying to Newcastle. And I, and I got up there and we started doing a bit of training. And I thought, you know. Something ain't right on my knee. Something's just not right. But I'm going to play. That was just the way I was. I just went, I'm going to play. We um, played the game. I got through the game. I don't know. I didn't play bad on the night. We drew 3-3. I got through the game. I don't know how I got through the game, but the following day I couldn't walk. I could not move. My leg was just, I couldn't, I had no flex in my knee or anything. Went in. So I tore my cartilage so, I tore my cartilage went in to have it done, and that was the start of my problems. I ended up I had I needed one operation. And I ended up having four in about eleven months, um, basically through neglect of the club. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same scenario as Darren. Yeah. Um In the end, because the club had changed a lot of medical stuff from the Terry era, basically. Sir Alan decided he wanted rid of anything to do with Terry Venables. He wanted out of the club. So he brought in new medical people, um, changed surgeons. So the club surgeon that was Dr Browett or Mr Browitt who'd done Gazza's leg. He would been my surgeon. He'd done, he'd done my broken leg before. So he'd, um, he'd, he'd done that work. They'd gone to another guy at the London Independent Hospital. And um, he, he was eating his dinner with a knife and fork in my knee, basically. Because that's literally what he was doing. Just, basically just going in there, chopping it up. About, um, I would say, 11 months after after three operations, I, I come back from that one. I come back from the first operation, okay. Come back in the summer, still weren't right. Knee kept flaring up in pre-season. As soon as I started kicking the ball and running around, so that was pre-season, saying so going back in, having it done again, cleaned it out again, but same surgeon, told me to take my time on the rehab, eight weeks, come back, still weren't right, but kept playing. So now I'm getting playing. I'm playing now, but I'm not fit. I'm playing because I want to play. The club need me, so I'm playing. I'm getting hammered by the supporters because I'm not playing nowhere near the level that, I, that, that they've seen me before. The team's not playing great. We're doing okay. Um and then we played man united on new year's day 1-1 mm-hmm. oh, again and like for that one a great night but i'd pumped so much so many pills in me painkillers and anti-inflammatories i didn't I couldn't feel a thing in my body no. went out had a game of my life played great <clears throat> wow. um, played against wolves i believe in a cup and i run in <clears throat> nil emblem it was a big lad run into me and I was like running to a train. He ran straight into the side of my knee and I was like... I went out, but I got back up. We had a replay on a Wednesday. We won the game well. Went and had a scan. And he said, oh, you torn your cartilage again. I'm torn it again. I just thought it was a knock. We then went to... So they said, right, we'll get the, the operation done after... Notts Forest. We were playing Notts Forest in the FA Cup on Monday night. It was the game when the snow came down inside ten minutes, yeah, yeah. and it yeah, yeah, yeah. and it took us eight hours to get home in the evening. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I was I was going in to have the operation the following day. So I was playing that game, and then I was going in to have the operation. Went and had the operation. I come back. I played inside two weeks, which like, but the guys just weren't fixing my knee. Mm. It was only at the beginning of the following season I went the knee still went on. I said no I, I went to the club and I went no more I am not going to see this surgeon I said I don't know what he's doing to my knee but it's not right I'm not seeing him anymore I'm going back to see
2: Exactly what Downs. Yeah.
1: Exactly yeah I'm the going I'm going I'm the same
0: almost well, same Well da, Darren Clinsman sent Darren Anderson to, to his, Germany his, his manager German. yeah. yeah he said just yeah. d- just tell him no I'll send you to my guy in Germany. He sent
1: him to he sent him to Wolfsburg yeah, He was the German guy who's still at Bayern Munich now, Yeah, who Pep Guardiola fell out with a few years ago. But um, I just went, no more. I'm going to see Mr. Browett. I went to see Mr. Browett on this day. Dean, lovely to see you, blah, blah, blah. Can you, um, have you got your scans? I said, yeah, here's my scans. He went, we need to operate. <laughs> I went, again? Yeah. This is, this ain't right. He said, have you eaten? It's like midday. He said, have you eaten? And I went, not nine o'clock this morning. He said, right, go home, get your stuff, get back here for five. I'll operate on you tonight. About eight o'clock. So I went back and I went to see him the following day and he said, Dean, I cannot believe how this has been missed yeah. you've basically torn your cartilage but it's rolled it was a roll it's, it's rolled underneath the joint He so said you're only getting it when you get a probe and you start pulling and probing it um, pull it out and I, he said I can see it so he said I've cleaned it up he said take your time on the rehab you'll be fine but really from that I, I was never the same I didn't know it I didn't know it at the time yeah but you my still, career was over. But yep. you just played, uh,
0: you know, no, 107 but it,
1: it got games. It, yeah, but it got worse after that. It got worse I mean, after you that. You missed the
2: first half of
1: 96, 97. Yeah. yeah,
2: And then, I mean, for the club, I mean, it's funny how things changed. to about about, respect to them, we didn't really make superstar signings. Alan Nilsson came in, Everson, Scales, Vega, Bardson, you, thankfully for you, we, you missed the 7 1 defeat in Newcastle, which I, I think was on all, the bench. You on the bench. We didn't play, did you? No.
1: But I, I after that, I, I was struggling that year. Um, but Jerry was brilliant. He sort of said to me, he said, Listen, take your time. He said, Get yourself right now. Like, look after yourself. Get yourself right. So I was right, OK. But I was coming at the end of my contract. So I was, my contract was finishing at the end of the 97 season. And I had, one or two, I had one or two bits and pieces going on. So I, I, had, I had a few offers, but I wanted to stay at Spurs if I could. So I said to Jerry, do you want to keep me? He said, yes. He said, but it's proving difficult to get you the deal that you deserve because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. The chairman don't want to pay you the money. So I went, right. So I left it to my accountant, it was at the time. So they were actually negotiating and I went back pre-season. Went back first two weeks, had a really good first two weeks and we went to Norway. How did you feel
2: at this stage? Good,
1: yeah, Yeah, good. Felt all right. Mm. Listen, it's never going to be good, but it was good enough. I thought, right, I've worked hard in the summer, been on a programme, absolutely worked my absolute nuts off to get myself as good as what I felt I could get myself. Got myself in really good shape. I hadn't agreed the contract. Jerry says, we're going to Norway. I would like you to come. Are you happy to come? I went, yeah, I'm happy to come. He said, look, I know they're try to do a deal, but hopefully they'll, they'll get a deal done while we're away. Mm. So I was like, right, well, OK. So we play the first game. Playing the first game. I don't start the first game. He said, I'm not going to start, yeah. I'll, I'll see. I'll perhaps put you on in the second half. I've gone on in the second half. And within five minutes... Ball's gone over the top of me. I've run after this ball. I'm ushering a ball just out of play, just protecting it, and the attacker has pushed me. And as he pushed me, my foot's got planted in the ground, my knees turned, and I, my other knee, and I've just heard this massive crack, and just thought, "Fuck." That's it. And I, I just literally, I, I kind of went to jog and went, "No, it ain't happening." And I just put my hand up I just, I just went like and I literally just walked straight off the pitch Jerry went me what are you doing I went Gerry my knee's gone he went what do you mean your knee's gone I said my knee's gone it's just gone they flew me home the following day they flew me home the following day so I went home they'd only been there two days I flew home the following day um, said the club went don't worry we're sorted out blah 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 I said I'm not going to see Mr King Mm. so I shouldn't mention his name but I said I'm not going to see him I'm not going to see him I'm going to see Mr Brown. I'm ringing Mr Brown, I'm going to see Mr Brown. I rings Mr Brown's secretary the following day he goes Dean he's just gone on holiday for three weeks oh, oh, no. No. so the club had gone to me listen you need to get yourself right don't worry go back to our surgeon he'll sort you out so I, I goes back to him with pretty much zero confidence and I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not in a good I'm not in a good space. Right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm in the middle of a divorce from my wife. You know, I've got a young son. I've got no contracts. You know, I've got all this going on, and, and I'm like, right, okay. When I had the operation. Come back round. He says to me, the surgeon comes round. He said, look, your knee weren't too great. He said, but we've patched it up. But take your time on the on the um, on your rehab. He said, give yourself a good eight weeks. So I worked really hard, done everything that I was told to do, working with the physios, but I had so much fluid on my knee, and it just was not. It was okay. I felt it was the leg was strong and I got the muscles built back up, but the knee just didn't feel right. Every time I'd done any any type of um any type of exercise, the knee would blow up. And um I'll never forget it, I was. Was training one day and, and David had just signed David Ginler had just signed and David turned around to me one day and said Dean you're like Dean he said I know I gave you a bad time a couple of years ago <laughs> he said but but you don't look like the player that like you don't look your leg don't look right and I went it don't feel right, David he went listen you've got to go and get it sorted out
0: mm.
1: weren't getting any better so the physio went to me and said you need to go back and see the surgeon I went nah, I'm, I'm no I'm not going back to him I am not going back to him. This ain't right. I've I've wasted ten weeks. This is in September now. So we, now all this time, this was the beginning of July. I'm now in the middle of September, sort of coming up. I never forget the time because it was a week before the Ryder Cup in nineteen ninety seven. I went that. No, I'm going back to see Mr. Pratt I don't care what you say as club. You can cancel me. Stop paying me. What happened with the contract at this stage? The contracts so they are still paying me, they are, they are paying me on a month to month basis. I see. Okay but now they're not going to do a deal mm, yeah. because I'm injured. Yeah. But they've said that they'll keep paying me until I'm, until I'm fit. So I go see Mr. Browett, does a, does a scan, go in. He went, you're in tonight. That knee is, is bad. We need to get in. We'll clean it up, blah, 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 see how we go. Normally you go down for a cartilage, you're normally probably down. In between, when you go down... When you go under to when you come back and you're in the recovery, you can be up to an hour. It's not a long operation, a cartilage. You can be in three quarters of an hour. I went down at half past six. When I woke up, it was half past eleven. Wow. So I, and then I'm in bed and my leg is up in a thing and I'm, I'm bandaged from hip to foot. Jesus. And it's half past 11 at night and I just remember laying there, I just remember crying my eyes out. because I knew, Thinking I, you're I finished. Just, I just knew that, I just knew it weren't going to be good. Yeah. Um, he came round the following day and he said, look Dean, he said, um, it's a serious, serious injury. He said, basically your cartilage was severed in free. <sighs> so he said, I, I could have whipped the whole thing out but you'll be finished inside 18 months. You, you won't play football inside 18 months. That's got to be our last, our last case scenario. Mm. He said, what I've done, he said, I've, I've shaved a third of it away and basically there's a new... I, I've done something on you that I've never done on a professional sportsman before. I've done it on an everyday person, but not a professional sportsman. I've basically stapled and glued the cartilage back together.
0: Mm.
1: He said, the only problem is, is that it's a very long recovery you're probably going to be looking at five months to six wow. months. He, so I said, well, what happens to the staples? He said, well, basically the staples will dissolve and you'll piss them out. I'm like, Light. wow. <laughs> so he said, you know, it's a long recovery. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you, you're in a brace now. You've only got 10% movement. so You cannot move it. You've got 10% long recovery, long physio. I will give you... Uh, I will speak to the club, I will speak to the physios, I will tell them what your programme is, etc. He said, but you're going to be February, March before you are going to play again. Um, I was, it's probably, you know, you talk about depression and that in football and we don't talk about it. Yeah, We didn't talk about it in them days. You know, I was... I was not in a I was not in a good place
0: what, what it makes you think is two things one uh, you of course, as we know, you went and played you were a, a, were a massive player at Crystal Palace after this, and you you 're paying the price now because as you say you you, you know all those injuries have a legacy, mm. but the other thing that really makes you think is these football clubs talk you know talk about football as being well paid at least in those days, and maybe today as well as they make you play. They give you bad treatment, bad, diagnose, but bad diagnosis. They expect you to play because they require you to play. And at the end of your contract, when you're riddled with injuries, they say, well, we're not going to renew your contract yeah. because you're riddled with injuries.
1: But that's professional football. Yeah. It's, and I, and I, but I don't, have any, I don't have any regrets whatsoever, you know. I'm lucky. I've had a good career. I've had better than most. Yeah. Um, I never reached the heights that I felt that I should have done. Mm. Um, but that was obviously injury, injury-induced yeah. more than anything. But I kind of got to a stage in about I got to about December, and I was due um, I was due an appointment with a surgeon. But at this point, I'm I'm. I'm I'm getting better, but I'm not getting better. The, the knees not getting better. I'm not getting any fitter. I'm I'm drinking. I'm out for five nights a week, drinking heavily. Obviously, I had a set situation that I was uh, obviously I was going for a divorce. I had a young boy, who I, you know, bless him, he's 27 now. <laughs> but um, you know, I was, it was a very very bad time in my life. But it was only Mister Browett really at that time who saved me. I went to see him in beginning of January, turn of the year. And he said to me, how's the knee? And I went, so, so. He said, what, do you not feel it's getting better? He scanned it. said, it's all intact, no problem. And he just sort of said to me, he said, how are you? And I went, oh, I'm, I'm all right, but I'm struggling a bit, blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, he said, are you drinking? Are you, are you out? And you want doing things that you shouldn't be doing? I says, yeah, probably. And he said to me, he said, well, look, I think the reason why your knee's not getting better is because you're drinking too much. You've got too much, like what your drink? I said, Well, lager. drink he said, worst 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 thing you could be drinking. Really? Because of the acid. The it. acid yeah. the acid in beer. He said we'll go straight to that injury. So he sort of gave me a diet, told me to stop eating tomatoes. What did like, he tell you to drink? He basically said, drink shorts. If you're gonna drink Really. Drink. He said That's you fascinating. He said, Or drink wine. Really? Um I wasn't a wine drinker then. Mm. I'd become a Guinness drinker then, believe it or not. I started drinking Guinness.
0: Mm. Did he say that was better?
1: Yeah. Right. Better than drinking lager. (laughs) It was everything but lager. Um, I'm actually I'm not a lager. I I don't drink that much now. I'm not I I was a massive drinker then.
0: But most players were to be fair. Yeah.
1: But you know, I was spiraling a little bit too close to the edge if you you, like. But now I enjoy I I enjoy a nice pint of Guinness and I enjoy a a glass of red wine but That's pretty much as far as it goes with me. Yeah. But, um, I've done what he told me to do. I literally gave myself a kick up the ass mm. and sort of said, If you're going to get your career back here, boy, mm. if you want any to have any chance, yeah, you need to liven your ass up. And believe it or not, I got fit with inside three months, yeah.
2: And then, I mean, Terry Venables then came back, he was now at Palace, mm. came back for you. Um, I mean, you weren't under contract at Tottenham, yeah, was it? An easy decision to make or, or, or not at that stage?
1: It's... it's, um, it's only sign, I, I signed for Crystal <laughs> Palace for two reasons at that time. One was Terry and the second one was divorce. Right. Divorce is very expensive when you're <laughs> yeah. a professional footballer. Yeah. Um, it's the only thing... It's the, it's the only time in my whole career that I've ever taken a job for money the only time I earned I was earning three times the amount of money at Crystal Palace than what I was when I was earning at Tottenham mm.
2: incredible isn't it
1: and it wasn't it wasn't that Crystal Palace were paying me phenomenal amounts of money it was that I was low paid at yeah. Tottenham I was yeah. very low paid um, but you know Terry I, I had an opportunity at the time Harry Redknapp spoke to me about going to West Ham I had the best football chat with Graham Taylor. That was in the championship at the time. I had a great chat with Graham Taylor, but he was only offering me half what Crystal Palace were offering me. Bearing in mind, I live ten minutes from Watford Stadium. Yeah. Um. But Terry was paying me a lot more money. I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of overheads at that time. My my ex-wife was absolutely taking me to the cleaners. Um. So I went to Crystal Palace, and in the first six months, I thought this is the worst decision I've ever made in my life, because it, I was fucking rubbish. Mm. I was not fit. I was fit, but I was not fit. I couldn't get fit. I couldn't get match fit. Mm. I just could not. When you're, when you're, I, I've always amazed. There's some there's some footballers that are just natural players. They're so natural that they can be out for as a as a player, but their ability is such that they can step back on the field and they can get back inside a month and they just boom, they're off again with the games. I was not one of them. I'd been out for too long. I'd been out on and off for the best part of two and a half years, playing sporadic games. Mm. It took me eight months to really get to get back.
2: But you said about getting more money than what happened at Palace. Mm. Massive financial problems and. Players weren't getting paid. Well, Players and, were going on yeah. strike.
1: Within eight months, <laughs> I was getting... I, was saying, I think I was only three times more money than what I was at Spurs. But within eight months, 60% of that wages was got yeah. deferred. Yeah. So I was end up paying for 40% of my wages, which was the money I was getting. <laughs> Tottenham,
2: yeah.
1: So it was... Um, but it was... Um, I... Crystal Palace wanted to get rid of all the players. That's get rid of all the players. Um, Mark Goldberg was rushing around trying to get deals for all the players. Seven or eight players left just before the deadline. He called me. And bearing in mind, I, I'd, I hadn't really played. I played a little bit at the beginning of the season and then Terry left me out. And then I, I didn't fall out with Terry, but we had a massive argument because he wanted me to go on loan to Gillingham and I wouldn't go. I said, I ain't going to fucking Gillingham. <laughs> um Tony Pulis was at Gillingham at the I'll time, say no more. and I went. I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. And then Mark come to me in in the March two days before the deadline, and he said to me, he said, "Look, I've got two clubs for you." And I went, right. Where are they? He went Hearts or he- Hibernian. Wow. Hearts or and Hibs. I went, Heart's all Hibs. What a choice! Beautiful Edinburgh. Alex McLeish. Alex McLeish was the manager of Hibs. Jim, Jim, seen. Jim, seen Jim, there, Jim there. Jeffries was the manager of Hearts. Yeah.
0: Both good I, managers.
1: I said, um, "I'm not going." He went, "Dean, I need you to go." And I went, "You might need me to go, but I ain't going. Mm. I got a young boy here. He's four years old." I said, "I'm going for a divorce." I said, "I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not moving to Scotland. I'm, I'm not going." It worked to my advantage because I'd got absolutely. If I thought that I got stick from some of the Spurs fans in in <laughs> when I had the injuries, that weren't nothing compared to what I got at Crystal Palace. Really. I played in the game one day. I played in the game one day and we were beating Portsmouth 4 1. And I gave away the ball, and about 22,000 supporters just started booing. And I thought, they booing me. It just basically felt I went, give me the ball. And I kept having the ball. I said, give me the ball. And every time I got it, all of them woo Because they thought I was Terry's boy. And they thought I was right. playing because I was, ter- was Terry's boy. Terry turned around to me the week after. He said, I'm leaving you out. I went, What are you leaving me out for? Just one 4 1. He went, I can't let you take this. He said, You are getting at. I went, I don't care. You stick me out there. Yes. He went, I ain't worried about you. It's the rest of the frigging team. <laughs> he said, like, It's affecting everyone else. The team's not playing well. Yeah. He said, I'm leaving you out. He left me out. I fell out of him. Then he tried to get me going like a gin then Terry then ended up leaving in the January. And I weren't No, when I, I went. Um, we played, uh, Steve Coppel took over with uh, John Cartwright. Steve called me in, middle of January it was, playing Bradford away. He said, you're back in the squad the weekend, uh, for Tuesday night. He said, like, you're working well, blah, blah, blah. Had a few injuries, put me in the team. Uh, put me, I was on the bench, didn't go on. Come Saturday, playing play, play Tranmere. Come Friday, I'm not in the squad. As i 28 years old now, coming up 29, I've got a bit more about me. The guy's banging on the door. I said, Gaffer, what's going on? He sort of said, well, he said, look, I've got a few players back from injury. He said, I don't, don't want to take you that. But he was open and honest. He said, it's no, it's no point in me taking you as a 29-year-old professional. You're not going to be involved. I'm not going to drag you all the way up to Liverpool. Mm. He said, I treat you with respect, this, that. And the other he said, you're a great lad. You're training well, blah, blah, blah. So I went, right, OK. I'll be ready when you need me to. The club then went into administration, so more players left. And um, he came to me. By the way, at this point as well, I'm, I've only got me money. I've only getting me 40%, but I was on a £2,000 a game appearance money. So he comes to me on the Thursday. We're playing Bradford, who, were going for pro- who actually got promoted that year, but they're going for promotion. He said to me, Steve Cock will come to me. He says, listen, I want to get you involved the weekend. I want to play you. The administrator's telling me I can't play you. The two grand. Because they <laughs> won't we play two grand. I said, fuck the two grand. I want to play. Just put me out on the field. Forget the money. I ain't playing for the money. I'm playing because I need to show people they ain't seen me yet. Yeah. And I need to right some wrongs here.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Um I felt good, felt good in body. Still managing, I'm still managing the knees. Like as I did the last Guinness is
2: helping at this stage. Well,
1: yeah, but I was managing <laughs> You know, I, had, I, was a, I was a very good professional. I yeah. then started really looking after myself. I, like, I've got a lovely new girlfriend who's now my wife. We've been together for over 21 years. Um, I'm living my life right. You know, I'm looking after myself. I'm protecting the knees. I'm doing all the right things. I'm in the gym. I live in the gym. I still live in the gym now, to be fair, but I lived in the gym. But I said to Steve Copple, I said, get me out of there. I need to play. Tell him I don't want the money. Tell him to stick it. Just get me out of there. Play Bradford away. Fans booed booed the shit out of me for the first <laughs> half an hour. I made the goal. We won one nil, and the following week was the turnaround. Of, it was full circle of my Crystal Palace career. Inside two weeks, we went to Norwich. I scored the winner with like a team of kids. You it was only you me. scored the winner. Yeah, I scored the winner. We won one nil, and from that moment was when the fans just completely Change. turned. And it to can me, Completely on. turned to me, and. Um, I become the leader I become the leader and then I become club captain and yeah. then Steve Cockball who to be fair Steve's uh, a fantastic manager yeah sort of um, managed more I think yeah I fantastic manager Back said game like, you know he helped me as well um, I never had a re- let me tell you with Steve Steve is a, a very very clever guy I didn't have a I didn't have a rela- it was just purely captain manager relationship yeah nothing more Skip, need a word. Yes, gaffer. Can you do this? No problem, boss. Let me leave it to me. Get it done. Fine. Never had a relationship with him until I finished playing for him. When well, I didn't play with him anymore, then after that, he opened up and we played golf. And a mm-hmm. uh, great man, said some wonderful things about me. Um, you know, in, in, uh, in with the programmes and what have you, he sort of said to me, he said, one of the nicest things everyone's ever said about me, he said, I've watched this guy be here for nine months I've seen him go probably have to deal with every kind of emotion I've seen him get hammered by 25,000 supporters but never did he ever come in any day and moan I fucking did by the way I was a big <laughs> But he, he said I've never seen it I've never he don't moan he don't gripe yeah. he steps on the field he demands standards he demands better of people mm. every single day he, he gives it everything he says, and he deserves everything that he gets. And that type of, even though, you know, we talk about Jose and what have you, and you talk, the power of a manager's words yeah. to make you feel good. Yeah, It makes you go the extra bit. Yeah, mm. You know, when you play for people like that, you, you end up having so much respect for them that you, you will run through a wall. Mm. Yeah. And I go back to our club now, and I go back to Mr. Mourinho who has done what he's done in his career. You cannot take that away. The guy is a serial, serial winner. But when he started doing that, when he started doing that, that was 18 years ago. Yeah. The game is evolving all the time and players are changing all the time. And I, you know, I... I know one or two of the Spurs boys now... And I do know bits and pieces that have gone on and I will hold my own court on that because this is not the time or the place. But I hear where people, you know, I've been a player where I've been hammered. and So I know what it's like. I've been there. But good players do not become bad players overnight. Now, however, I do feel that after the Champions League final, there should have been two or three signings to go right. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. We've we've landed here. Yeah. We've still to we've here. we've we've lost. We didn't play well in the final. We've lost, but now we've got to go again. Yeah. We've got to go again.
0: That's what Liverpool did after but, all. The but I feel,
1: I do feel that sometimes you know we you, you, you can hold on to players for too long. Yeah, you got there is a with football the business that it is now. It's a, it's an art. Buying and selling is is an art, and you've got to be a tough negotiator when you're trying to buy but you've got to sense the right time when it's the right time to sell yeah you've got to get the best out of that asset and go right now's time but we know where we are it's called success planning yeah. you know I've I enjoy uh, I've been a coach for 18 years I enjoy coaching far more than I ever enjoyed playing really because I feel that I'm a better coach than whatever wow, wow. wow. Yeah. that's my personal opinion
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and I love uh, you know I've coached... I coach kids now from six years of age and I've coached players in the Premier League. Yeah. And I I love it. Mm. I love doing what I do. I I get a buzz out of helping young people and young players.
0: Well, our quick
2: question because we're running out of time now. One person you've obviously worked with very closely at Watford and Reading, who is assistant manager, is Brendan Rodgers, who has been linked with the Tottenham job. Whether he comes, whether he even wants to leave what he's got going on at Leicester... We don't know. Tell us of what he's like to work with and do you think the way he works is right for Tottenham Hotspur?
1: I'll go from the last bit. Yes, he he would be the right person. I think the biggest thing with... And the, and the club have come out and said this. I think that Daniel's come out and said this recently that whoever that we employ as the next manager of Tottenham Hotspur, he's got to be aligned to the way that we do things and the way that we want to play. Now, you know... And, I, I, and I've personally believed that that's a big thing. And I, I... I don't... I know how hard being a manager is. I've been a manager. Um, and I've also been an assistant manager in the Premier League. So I know the pressures I know, and I know what it is like. However... I don't think that many... I think if you spoke to 99 out of 100 Spurs fans they would have said that Jose Mourinho wasn't the right fit for our club. And the other one would have gone, we don't give a shit if he wins us a trophy. Mm-hmm. Is that probably about right, do you think? Yeah. So I think that for me, you know, obviously Nangelsman was touted. He would have been a good fit probably, but obviously once you knew he, Bayern Munich was coming in, he was going to go to Bayern Munich. For me... I look at three people. Uh, if, if I look at it now, I would look at someone who's got a little bit of experience about them. I would be looking at a Rodgers, a Martinez, a Rangnick. And if those weren't possible, I probably would go with Graham Potter. Mm. Because I believe his team, and I'm, I'm, I'm a studier of Graham as a, as a coach, I believe that he is aligned to what we do. Yeah. And his teams, if his team this year had had two strikers that could put chances away, they would have been in the top seven. Mm. Fact. Because mm. I've, I've seen the stats for it. Mm. I, in 2006, when I was working at South Enders, first team coach, become assistant manager, I used to go and watch Graham, uh, I used to go and watch Robbie Martin, his team at Swansea. I travel to Swansea on a Friday afternoon. They used to play a lot of games on Friday night and I drive to watch his teams play because he was that good and I've seen him work. He is that good. Brendan, going back to Brendan, Brendan is as good as there is out there at the moment. Mm. Well, when I say at the moment, he's that good. He's a fantastic coach. Do you think
2: Tottenham is an enticing proposition at the moment with everything it's I held?
1: think it's a more enticing proposition for him now, now that Leicester yeah. haven't gotten the Champions League. Yeah.
2: That's what I'm hoping
1: However, my personal view is that it will probably cost too much money to get him out of Leicester. Mm. Yeah. I would think. Mm. But no one would be happier than me if he was to come to Tottenham mm. because he is a fantastic coach. He is aligned to our club with the style that he wants to play. He does develop young players. He doesn't have to buy the best players. at. He doesn't have to pay to buy the... finished article he improves young players Mm. gives young players an opportunity and he's a very very good man manager he's Mm. a very very good man manager as as good as good as I've seen Mm. calm collected you'll only I think I work with him for 18 months I see him lose his shit once I think in 18 (laughs) months and and we we went to Watford uh, a difficult period we went to uh, Watford at a difficult period. They were second bottom of the league and we, I think we only won two, two games in our first 13 and then we made a couple of signings in January and we, we ended up 13th in that league and then obviously we decided to go to Reading yeah, because Watford were trying to chop everything and sell all the players and we felt that with a couple of players we felt that we could get promoted. They wanted to sell all the best players because they needed money and then we went to Reading and I mean, that's history. We got given a load of promises of money that we would have to be able to rebuild the team. Um, and then they, basically, we went there and then they said, no, we've got to sell close. So, and and then, you know, I think that, you know, Brendan is one of those guys, he, he, he learns really, really, he, he's a quick learner, super intelligent guy, learns really quick. And I think that, you know, with... Um, with hindsight, we can look back, and I'm the same as him, that we would look back and we'd look at our time at Reading and go, we were naive. We were naive in the fact that John Majewski had said, I know that this is not a quick fix. This is going to take time. Give us three years. Said, I know it's, it, I know it's not a quick fix. It's going to take time. When we actually got the sack, it just didn't make sense because we'd actually been on our best little mini run of what we'd ever had, which was just before Christmas. We'd won two, lost two, drawn two. But it was our best little run that we'd had and we got the sack off the back of it and it really hurt Brendan. It caught him and it it's one of those that when you're at first team level, it's okay being aligned and you wanna, you've want you got to improve your players and what have you, but ultimately you've got to win games of football. Yeah, You have got to win games of football yeah. and the pressure with this job at this moment in time, I think I'm not sure whether Graham would be ready for that because of the pressure that I think comes with this job at the moment because, and it has to be right, and I think, I I believe Daniel's got it in hand that I think he knows that he's got to get this one right. Um, But, you know, when you're employing managers, you're playing Russian roulette. Yeah, it's a gamble every time, isn't it? It's a gamble every time. I remember, you know, I'm very good friends with David Pleat and David Pleat has been like a mentor to me for the last 10 years. Fantastic guy, still works for the club now, does scouting for the club. And I'll never forget, I could show you on the text on my phone, my first day at Northampton manager, morning Dean, I hope the ball run kindly for you, mm. DP. Yeah. He didn't mean double penetration, by the way. <laughs> but, but, um, but, but he said, I hope the ball run kindly for you. And that is never, no. it's never a truer word. Yeah, I had, I had 10 games at Northampton where eight of those games, my team played very, very well. And I was changing. I was trying to turn it into the second division Tottenham develop young players, play free-flowing football, Mm. and we went for it. It was glory, glory. We are the cobblers. Mm. After 10 games, when I've only won two games, the owner went, see you later. Mm. It wasn't the remit. Mm. You know, it wasn't the remit. The remit was when I went there, I signed for two... No, I signed for two years. I was going to develop the team. I had to change the club because I wanted to change the style. you got a budget of... 1.9 1.9 million for example at the time I've taken the club over it's 2.6 so I have got told I've got to get when I took the job oh by the way you've got to get 700,000 pound off the wage bill it's not very easy when you're dealing with League 2 players that are earning 100 grand at the time tops but the ultimate thing and I'll, I'll come out of it if I, someone says anything to me and they have said to me and many people are going and I had conversations with different people um, and, and I have conversations with David about it and I I had, I had a uh, conversation with, I don't know if you've ever heard of a rugby league coach called Tony Smith, an Australian guy. So he was the Great Britain um, um, Rugby League and he worked for the LMA as a, as a mentor. And he came and spoke to me. And it's like talking about players, you talk about players and players that want to play for you or players that don't want to play for you. And it's relevant to what I'm going to say in a minute because this is how I feel about our club at the moment. And I had two or three players that didn't really want... They didn't want to be at the club anymore. They wanted to be gone. They didn't want to be there. But I couldn't get them out. I couldn't get them out. I could get them out, but the chairman wanted money for them. And they weren't worth anything. We'd got relegated the season before. I was assistant. You know, the centre half was player of the year and we'd conceded 76 goals Hmm. in 46 games. And I said to the chairman, how the friggin' hell are you going to get money for this guy? Player of the year, I said, "Like right, we've conceded 76 goals. So there was two or three players on big money that they didn't want to be there. And I said to him, they've got to go. And he went, we want money from." So I had to stick with them. And when you're trying to play with players that don't want to be at your club, if you ain't got an happy player, if you ain't got an happy player, then get them out the door as quickly as possible. And this is where our club has got to, where where I believe that our club has got to understand that when you've got players that do not want to be at the club anymore, the words of Tony Smith to me, fuck them off.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: But this is the issue we've had since after Champions League final. But we you've got Rose, it's sort of it, but but there.
1: it yeah. is it's a game it's 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 yeah, a game it's a part, it's a a, it's, it. it's a game mm. but you've got to know there's an art to knowing when it's the right time to get rid of players yeah. mm. and that is a it's a massive massive part of it yeah. mm.
0: and there's no one at our club who at the who's
1: who, no but you this is going back the other way so. I mean, I know certain things. I, I'm in the know. I've, I know, but this is my club and I still know people inside. So I I'd still speak to people and I hear certain things and certain things I hear, I just think, crikey. You know, and, you know, I've got to stick up for this player because I see a, like a Vinnie Sanway scenario here with Harry Winks. Mm-hmm. And I watched the game. I, I Actually, believe it or not, under the Mourinho era, when I watched the game and I felt really bad, I used to go back and watch the Champions League run from a couple of years ago just to make myself feel a bit better. <laughs> Seriously. And I you know, was at the Champions League final and the atmosphere is incredible and what have you. And I watched a young man play. I watched a young man come of age on this night, Harry Winks, who's 22 years old. And we didn't play well as a team. And this kid was the best player on the pitch. Now, how can a boy at 22 years old go from being the best player on the pitch in a Champions League final Mm. to being someone who gets absolutely hammered by the Boo Boys. And I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But I'm sorry, I've seen... You've know, got Harry Kane, he's one of the best players in the world. He's in the top three players in the world. Whatever team he's playing in, it doesn't matter what team he plays. If he goes Man City, it's game over. Mm. And I think that Man City is the only club that he can leave for If he's going to guarantee trophies, if I'm honest, he goes there, it's game over. It's for for me, in my opinion. He's a player that goes to any team in the world and he'll do exactly the same in that team because he is that good. Sonny is that good when he's playing with Harry Kane. Mm. They play together. If you look at Sonny at the moment, if Harry Kane ain't playing, Sonny ain't the same player. Might get used in a different way. But there's too many players for me that people are going, get rid of him, get rid of him. He's gone, he's gone. Do we not think really that this might have something to do with the previous manager? Yeah. Do we think that, are we really going to say that a boy at 25 years old He's not even reached his peak yet. But any
2: decent but coach gonna... will come in and go, You've all got a chance. See well, me what you can well, do, surely. Well if they get someone in
1: early. Well, yeah, but there's also a point that a manager will look and go, Right, okay, I'm coming to Tottenham Hotspur. I've got to get in the top four. I ain't got time to give people chances. I've got to do stuff now. I've got to win now. Mm. And that that is the problem. That, that is why, you know, to be fair. You can't we can't stand here and criticise Daniel, in my opinion, because he's trying to do what's best for the club. He certainly ain't gone it on penny pinching style. What is that to have Jose Mourinho? I think what you'll find, and this is what I've this is what I believe with Jose Mourinho. I believe Jose Mourinho had something in regards to his contract that if they was outside the top six, the European places, it would be a cheaper payoff than if he was in Europe or the Champions League. So I think that's why he's done it. Because it can be the only explanation, really. Because why would you get rid rid
2: of him? the cup final. Why would you get...
1: You have a man here, you have a man who, on a one-off game, you wouldn't bet against him. Mm. Whatever he's done with our club, or whether we agree or disagree, on a one-off game, you you wouldn't bet against him. You know, he has had the upper hand of Guardiola in the past as well. Guardiola was certainly would have had a bit more to think about probably than what he actually had to think about in that one game. Yeah. But that would have, you know, you don't pay someone like Jose Mourinho the amount of money. He's brought him in to win trophies, but then obviously has realised pretty bloody quickly that it's the damage. That, what you have to look at is that the damage that he leaves behind his clubs. He's done it at Man United, you know, he's yeah. done it at Real Madrid. Do you, got think, previous. do you think
2: the issue is then, you said you know people within the club, do you think, as I do, there's not enough football people who've got Daniel's ear, or are allowed to use experience and? I don't and make think decisions?
1: so. I don't. No? I don't think so. It's, it's. You know, there's some fantastic people that work in the club. Some great people that work in the club. I just think that sometimes the way things work in cycles, that you know, I've been a player, and I know what it's like to feel low. I know what it's like when you're having a manager that is beating you with a frigging stick every day. You ain't gonna get the best out of footballers the way, especially the way they are today, because it's forever evolving, the game's forever evolving. You're never gonna get the best out of players if players ain't happy. Players have got to be happy. They've got to have smiles on their faces. Yeah. It's the only it's the only way. Me, that's my personal view. Doesn't mean that you don't, that you're not ruthless as a manager. If you're not if you're not. Ruthless as a manager, and you don't have the skin of a rhino, you're never gonna you're never gonna do anything because you've got to pick teams to win football matches. Mm. But I do honestly believe that, you know, I actually done this. I'd done a podcast. I forget who it was with. It was one of with one of the Spurs guys a little while ago. And it uh, I mapped out the front like front six. It might be a front eight. So playing in a four two three one. I kind of, I think I went along. I went um, Bale, Bergwijn, um, Bale, Bergwijn, uh, Ali, Loselso, Moira, Sonny, Kane, Vinicius. There ain't too many teams that would be turning that that bunch of players, players. down. Yeah, some great players. They're... As in regards to the squad and looking at that front six, there aren't many, many front sixes that you would look in, In OK, Man City, yeah, OK, Man City. You might look a bit Man United and go, like, they've got... But Man United would take Harry Kane. Man United would take Sonny. Yeah. You, you know, so you kind of look and think, right, OK. But I just don't think... Like, the way that we are and the way that... Our club is, and the style that we want to play, we're just not set up as a team, and it's very hard in the modern day game. The way the game's changed with VAR, and you've got the lines out, and trying to sit back and hold opposition for long periods of time, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I was, I was actually quite distressed when I watched the Arsenal game, the Arsenal game at the Emirates, when basically on that day, we sat off so much that we gave, it was Tierney, just had the free reign on the right-hand side. And he was obviously, it was a ploy, just keep going forward to make Bale run back. Just keep going for, to get Bale running back. And we make a substitution at 1-0 down where we take Gareth Bale off and we put Moussa on the right-hand side. Basically, to almost like to kind of shut up shop. But we're one nil down. Mm-hmm. And it's a game that we've got to win because we're playing against mm. the cunts mm. <laughs> So we want to win the game. Mm. But I just don't, you know, it's difficult now, but we've got great players. There's still great players there, but there's great players that are out of form. There's obviously, you know, form is temporary, class is permanent. Yes, we need signings. Yes, one hundred percent. You could see that. Yeah. You know, you could say that we needed we needed a centre half. You know that we needed another right back. They are things that were glaringly obvious. But it's not easy signing players. When you're at that level and you're at that top six level, I mean I was at Watford and we was halfway when I when we was in the Premier League in two thousand fifteen. And I knew how, like, I worked with the recruitment team and, and the people there, as in for us trying to sign players for what we were doing with our project, and to get players that were a bit better, that were a bit better than Championship or bottom end Premier League. When you're in the Premier League and you're trying to get in the Champions League, there is a, there is a, there is a very very small minority of players really that you are going to want to sign because you're looking for that bit of quality. And it's not easy to get those deals over the line because once you start, you know, once you start trying to work and get those deals going, you know, another club comes in, right, it goes up another couple of million. Then the agent starts playing games because he can get five grand more a week than that one. Mm. And it becomes very complicated. Mm. So we are, we are still Tottenham Hotspur. We are still an unbelievable club. But we are dealing at the upper echelon where we are trying to sign a certain type of player. We are trying to sign good players, maybe not the very, very top players, because of where we are. We're not at that level, but we're trying to sign good players that potentially, like what Maurizio done for periods of time, like Deli Ali, five million quid. you know look at it now it's a snippping it really. You know, he could have been sold after the Champions League final, probably you wouldn't have got him less for 100 million, 80, 100 million, you know? Um, so it's, it is difficult. It is, it's, not, it's not easy.
2: We've got to wrap it up now. Uh, show your appreciation. Dean Austin, thank you so much thank you. for your time. Thank you very much, everyone here. Thank you very much at home. We'll be back soon with a top 10 Tottenham show through the close season until the next time come on you spurs this is a playback media production get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net sports
0: social podcast network